Hello, this is Rumble, <laughs> and I'm Michael Moore. Part two of The People Respond. I asked you for your ideas of how to either confront this virus and make it go away, to confront the virus that's in the White House, make him go away, and finally, the general virus that we've been living with for long before Trump, um, a, a system that is grossly unfair with its income inequality, uh, gender inequality. Well, I'll just go down the whole list of inequalities. Uh, we're still dealing with it. It's time to end it. Time to create a better world. And I think a lot of you, and it's clear from the mail I've been getting, a lot of you have had some time in the last few weeks sitting at home, if you're at home, or you're working some god-awful job so that the rest of us can feel safe. Thank you for that. Those of you working in hospitals, those of you who are in those ambulances, those of you who are stocking the shelves of the grocery stores, grocery store workers are dying now. Anybody who's doing anything right now, thank you. For those of you who have the privilege of being able to stay home, thank you. You're not passing it around. You're not getting infected. You're doing your job. We all have a job here to do. And, um, and some of you have had some time to think, to think about not going back to the old way when this is over, let's not keep doing what we were doing. It wasn't working. We've seen that now, especially with the healthcare. Oh my God, this whole system needs to be revamped. Nobody has to, should ever be worrying about the fact that they can't afford help. All the, there's a whole bunch of other things, how we treat our kids. How we treat women. I'm talking to you, men. Um, all these things. We don't, have to, we don't have to live like this anymore. We can come out of this in a, in a different way. On a happier note, um, I um, yesterday or the day before, uh, Amy Schumer's podcast, her, her, I think, fifth season of it is back. Back on the, on the digital airwaves. And uh, so she was back. The season started last week with Quentin Tarantino as... Uh, the first guest of the season. And it's a weekly podcast. It's called Three Girls, One Keith. So the three girls are Amy and two of her girlfriends and uh, a fellow comedian, uh, Keith, uh, who's the one guy in the room and uh, he is um, brutally abused <laughs> during the entire podcast. Um, so Amy invited me over uh, to her apartment in New York uh, this is back in, I think, January, February. She tapes the, the season, I think, pretty much in advance. And so this is all pre-pandemic. Um, but I sat there at her dining room table with her two girlfriends and with Keith and had a blast. Um, it was funny. It was, um, let me say this. I told two or three stories during this podcast that I don't think I've ever told in public before. Things you know, from my past. And, um, I couldn't believe I was just opening up like this, but you know, Amy is such a, such a decent, sweet soul and, um, and the real deal. And, uh, I just felt like, why not? And, uh, so I, I told these, a uh, couple of these stories and, uh, if you have a chance to listen to it, what I'm going to do is, um, here, with Spotify's uh, permission, because her, her podcast, I think, is exclusive with Spotify. I'm going to 
play a little clip uh, for the next few podcasts of mine um, from her podcast with me as the guest. And uh, you can hear a little bit of it. And, and then I encourage you to go to her her site um, or go on to Spotify and, and just type in three girls, one Keith. That's his name, Keith, K-E-I-T-H. And, um, and give, it, give it a listen. Um, um, I think the episode's called This Political Climate with Michael Moore. Um, and uh, she's agreed to, to come on and, and be on this podcast, be on Rumble sometime here in the near future. All right, so here we go. The uh, first um, email uh, to me comes from uh, Jim Bovino. He says that he's quarantined in Minneapolis, which is just another way of saying I live in Minneapolis between October and May because you are indoors a lot, if you get my drift. Um, Anyways, Jim, this is what he says. Subject heading, financial non-compliance, exclamation point. Everyone should just stop paying for anything that is not the absolute bare necessity. Oversimplifying the situation now, perhaps, but the logic is that there is a critical mass past which they just can't punish us all. I think what Jim is also saying here is that... um, I really hope people aren't too worried about because they didn't pay the rent on April 1st or, um, you know, this or that bill isn't being paid. If you go online, you can see that a lot of the media companies, the phone companies, whatever, they've all said that they're foregoing some of this right now. They're not going to, they're not going to shut anybody's phone off. They're not going to, you know, evict people from their homes. Some of the States have made it illegal to do that. So, um, just take a look at what you really need to spend right now. Hang on to what you've got. We don't know where this is going. We don't truly know what the rest of the year is going to look like. Um, the next email is from someone who signed it anonymous, and she or he said, Occupy all the streets. We can still have a demonstration. You're safe in your car. You can get people to block off a main thoroughfare in your town. Block it off, lock the car doors, just stay in there, put a sign in the window so people know you're protesting. Now, see, this wouldn't work in in like New York right now because there's nothing to block because there's no cars. Maybe this is a this is a post pandemic idea to shut a to shut a part of a city down, coordinate it, um, occupy all the streets if necessary. We need to have shutdowns until they listen to us. Well, this is interesting. This one comes from Ryan, and um, he writes, I think one of the pressing issues right now is that we use this time to redistribute power rather than allow its consolidation. Ideally, perhaps change can begin within the world's $4 trillion technology companies, Apple, Google, Microsoft, and Amazon. The workers of these companies, who no doubt are excellent and make excellent products and services. I'm writing this email on a MacBook in Gmail. Um, The workers there need to take command of their own companies. Whoa. At the same time, 
People who use these products and services will understand that the technologies that they rely on are produced and made by people who are exploitable to the system of capital and enriching people like Jeff Bezos and the billionaire class. We must support and encourage the workers of these companies and industries to restructure and redistribute their agency, possibly through strikes or other means of organization. And when possible, we need to think of ways to slow the consolidation of wealth by finding alternatives to these four companies. We should not be panic buying on Amazon, for instance, or buying a lot of stuff in general. Similar thought to the last one. Keep up the good work, Mike. Please imagine a better world. And thanks for all you do from Canada in self-isolation, in solidarity. Sincerely, Ryan. Um, wow. Well, thank you, Ryan. Even though I know that's you, Bernie, writing under the pseudonym of Ryan from Canada. Just, <laughs> just saying, that's, wow, that's a, it's a powerful idea. We need leadership and we need organization. Um, if you hadn't had a chance earlier this week, uh, last weekend, I think, uh, Jane McAlevey was my guest on this podcast. Uh, if you go back and listen to our discussion about how to organize, especially after the pandemic, how to organize workers, how to organize your workplace, how to really, truly make this happen and win, not do it symbolically. Very powerful. Margaret Smith sends the next email. Thank you, Michael. All the governors should band together and set their own price, not bid against each other. Referring, I think, to the ventilators and all the uh, protective gear. They're all fighting each other, trying to buy this stuff. They need to set their own distribution system up. Getting them to agree on how to set it up, who decides and who gets what, will be tricky. The governor should be the coordinated effort if the federal government does not do its job. Well, I think they're trying to do that because the federal government is not doing its job. That's why we have a federal government for moments like this. You know, why do we have the military? What's the idea of the military? That if we're attacked, what's, what's, <laughs> what if we had a president, we were attacked and the president says, okay, states, you're on your own. You're on your own. The Canadians have attacked. I understand. New Hampshire, form your militia. South Dakota, you too. You can hook up with North Dakota if you want. States, you're on your own. Fight the Canadians. I need to go golfing. No, seriously, this is, the governors are having to do this. If they form, they, they need to form a co-op, like a food co-op. All the governors need to form a co-op. By the way, I should say this idea is also from my discussion with my friend, the retired school teacher. Um, he said, Mike, what do, you, what do you call this? Like if all 50 states formed a co-op and they had this kind of loose-knit federation where they worked together in unison to be supportive of each other in order to help the society function. What do you call that co-op? I said, well, I would call it the United States of America. Part two. <laughs> not, not the original one. It's the same. It's the thing we should be doing already. This is absolutely nuts. Other countries, you know, again, I hate to tell you this over and over again, are not like this. I remember 
back when I had my uh, TV show, we did this thing, you know, how the, the states uh, have to compete against each other and to get like a state down south, we'll get a factory to close in Michigan and get, uh, convince General Motors to close the factory and move it down to Tennessee or, or Georgia or Alabama um, where the people will work for less. That's legal. A company can pit one state against another. And I remember when we did this piece, I went, looked at Canada and it's, you can't do that in Canada. You can't, at least at the time, maybe you can do it now. You know, uh, the Canadians have been on a slow slide toward us for some time, but don't worry. They're not, they, they, everybody can still see a doctor out there, but, um, but no, they could, because you know how the Canadians in the French, everybody else does this. They have this weird belief that if, if you live in Ontario, the people in British Columbia are not your enemy. You're, you don't gain something when General Motors moves a factory from British Columbia to Ontario. They don't see it as a gain because it means all those workers in British Columbia were thrown out of a job. How can you feel good as a Canadian knowing that you got their job because you told General Motors that you can pay less taxes here in Ontario? It's just, it's just, this whole system is wrong, and boy, we're just seeing people die now because the governors have to figure out a way to form a new co-op, which essentially is supposed to be a co-op called the United States of America. Um, our next email comes from Chris Miller. He writes, Hi, Michael. Thank you for your call to action. Uh, what you propose uh, is the reasonable way for us to go forward. I've thought a lot about how we could successfully pull this off without physically being together. I'm a caregiver and work at night. Last night I worked all night and then I went for a run around a lake after my shift this morning and the metal and the metal arcs, the birds provided the answer to me, a vote of no confidence. I don't engage in social media beyond what's necessary for business, but it seems to me that we could pull it off. We need to let Pelosi know that we vote no confidence in this president. We need to demand action immediately. The handling of this situation has been a landslide of irresponsible decisions, and it must be stopped. I'm all in. I will do whatever I can to help. Keep us posted. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Well, his biggest vote of no confidence is going to come on November 3rd. Right, everybody? We're all on with that, even in spite of what happened here with Bernie this week. It's what Bernie would like us to do. I know we don't like it, but um, we'll, we'll have a better idea who the candidate's going to be by maybe the end of the summer. Um, but whatever we, we do, we have to, what I say yesterday, we have to walk through fire, crawl through broken glass, fight our way through barbed wire, whatever it takes, we'll do it to remove Donald Trump. All right, let me, let me plow through some of these uh, comments from all three of these uh, social media sites. Uh, thank you in advance for those of you. Um, I'll try to read your handles if I can. SMT with honey writes two words, nationwide strikes. A lot of people had suggested that uh, who've written in here. Uh, Jacob Barton writes, uh, this isn't really a new idea, but 
Um, billionaires should not exist and healthcare should not be privatized. There you go. Easy. Easy. I love AOC's comment about billionaires. Every bill, what was her line? Every billionaire is a policy failure. Just the fact that somebody could accumulate that much wealth in a country where we have tens of millions of people living in poverty is astounding. Um, the next one comes from Mary Lou Longworth. She also says nationwide strike. We need a nationwide strike. That is the only leverage we have to, to get a swift, positive response. Talking to those in power and shaming them are useless. Hmm. Um, Buddy Beavis writes, he's quoting somebody here, but he doesn't say who he's, he's quoting. Don't go back to the old ways of doing things. Nothing will be the same after this. So don't recreate outdated paradigms that are no longer working for humanity. We got to have the courage. Well, that's great. Um, buddy, write, write me and tell me who, who you're quoting there. That's a, that's a great quote. The next one is from Granny Dread. She writes, my son-in-law worked 12 to 14 hour days in a Brooklyn hospital for the last couple of weeks and is now at home with a fever. Oh. Pray for Kari, please, and his family. Oh. Let's see, people responded to that. Yes, lots of people sending prayers and love for his recovery. And the next one, is, and by the way, you're black, aren't you? Yes, this is ravaging us, the black community. Because so few of us can take off work. We don't, and we are the ones who are taking the frontline jobs. I am praying for him. <clears throat> Yoel writes, Medicare for all is still an option. <laughs> yes, it is. It will be the only option. Trust me, we will have this. Uh, Brian, J, Brian J. Hanley writes, actualize the powers in the Defense Production Act immediately and command industry to fill the massive gap in personal protective equipment. I think he's writing that to Trump. I'm sure that fell on deaf ears, but thank you for just putting it out there, Brian. Uh, the next one is from M-Dog M-Day Yahoo. Hmm. Okay. Um, you are a warrior. I have been in agreement with everything you have said. Wow. Well, thank you for that. I'm I'm not in agreement with everything I've said, but but <laughs> thank you for that. I mean, you know what I mean. Um, sometimes we're all a little disagreeable with ourselves, aren't we? I appreciate your leadership, uh, Bernie. It was my choice, <clears throat> and I already feel cheated by the DNC. I am that person who has lost everything from getting sick. My house, my job, my assets, my dignity. We are out here scraping by. I have a great education and had a job of over six figures. So he must have gotten sick. So this is before the pandemic. He writes, now I live on 22 grand a year and in being crushed by this poverty. 
Thank you again for your inspiration. Gita Enders writes, We need the antibody test right now, and we need it widespread. It's the only way to differentiate between the asymptomatic and the recovered. Oh, that's so true. They say we're just a couple weeks away from, from getting this. I hope they can make it safely and do it as fast as possible. Esther Estorella writes, Talk about the largest incarcerated population in the planet where they are piled up literally on top of each other. Many infections and growing. A few dozen deaths. Guards infected. They don't separate positive and negative cellmates, etc. I have an inside video that I sent to CNN today and they just brought it up. Wow, good for you. Remember, each of you, each of you are whistleblowers. Everybody listening to this is a potential whistleblower. Each of you is a documentary filmmaker because each of you has a camera in your pocket. If you have a cell phone, you have a mobile phone, you have a camera, and you can record audio, you can record video, you can share with the rest of the world what you're seeing. Be safe. But do it. Antoinette.gene.1 writes, We need more testing. We need more testing sites so we can know where we stand. They waited for folks to get sick in the ICU to get tested. Why build a field hospital in New York City when the need for it is in Brooklyn? That's right, Brooklyn and Queens is where they're dying. And I think most of the people that they've been bringing to the Javits Center there in Manhattan are to relieve the overcrowded hospitals in Brooklyn and Queens. Brooklyn and Queens, where more people who are infected live, black and brown, are not getting the best of care. Yeah. Yeah, Jim Clyburn. Why is that? You know, shouting down Bernie and his Medicare for all, making sure everybody would be covered. If that were the law of the land, where just because just because you live here makes you automatically qualified to have a government health card that gets you the help that you need. And then instituting a policy that it doesn't matter what side of town you live on, you get equal care. What would that look like? We're going to have it, folks. And we are not going to let the politicians get in our way. You've got Democrats in Congress like Jim Clyburn, who is the largest recipient. I said it before. I'll say it again. I'll say it every day. I'm going to try to get him to come on, on this podcast. I want him to answer for this. He takes more money from Big Pharma than any member of Congress, Democrat or Republican. He is supposed to be there fighting for the people not for the lobbyists of pharmaceutical companies. Almost a million dollars in his campaign pockets from Big Pharma. Jim Clyburn. When people start paying attention to this, 
the bamboozling will end and we will have what we all need to have. Um, let's see. Fian Riley Photography writes, We are at war. We have a military budget almost as big as the rest of the planet, yet we have to get shipments of weapons, i.e. masks and ventilators from Russia and China. Instead of making atom bombs, can't we make something that saves lives instead? Nothing needs to be added to that comment. Um, Palm Beachcomber writes, I commented on another post that I think the international community should step in and help Americans as they do when war criminals kill civilians in other countries. <laughs> yes, our war president, because of his decisions, conscious decisions to not protect the people of this country, committed a war crime and killed civilians. But we don't like that when they do that in other countries, do we? And she continues, but on a much less dramatic level, isn't it illegal to use the public airwaves to spread lies that kill? You know, like they did in Rwanda. We put them on trial when they, they did. They used the radio to spread lies about the other ethnic group, get everybody whipped up, get the machetes out and kill each other. When they promoted the killing of people, isn't it the same when the president and others lie on television? I've listened to it on public radio. That's the public airwaves. Can't we arrest him for a technicality like that? Not so much a technicality, really, right? Also, how are the companies that are price gouging the PPE, the protective gear, after our military delivers, delivers this gear to them, they then resell it and gouge people. Why are they not arrested? Isn't price gouging illegal? She continues. Can't we threaten them into no longer cooperating with this administration? I certainly would be scared that I would end up in jail after everything settles. Even Amazon doesn't allow price gouging. Even Amazon doesn't allow it. They'll ban you if you try to price gouge. Is anyone left in the administration who can pull the 25th Amendment lever? What about the Joint Chiefs of Staff? Isn't this wartime? Can't we use some kind of wartime technicality to get him out of there? He's the one using our military. Doesn't that by default make it a wartime effort? Then they can say in this time of war that we need to protect our president at all costs and then send him to Camp David under guard and cut him off from all decision-making. Ooh, ooh, I like that. Nonviolent. Take him up there in the Maryland woods. Lock him down till we get through this. Let him come back in time to be defeated. Wow. Elizabeth, um, Elizabeth Swan photography. She writes, stop giving Trump airtime, ignore him, come together, give. 
Share what you have. Have hope. Help the sick and the dying. Help the hungry. Peace. Wow. T-N-E-M-B-F. I do not know how to pronounce that. T-N-E-M. T-N-E-M-B-F. I'm sure it stands for something. He or she writes, Crises accelerate history. Stress to everyone how the next economy must be fair. To quote Margaret Drabble, when nothing is certain, anything is possible. Wow, that's a good way to look at the time we're in right now. When nothing is certain, anything is possible. This is how we should all be thinking. This is how we should all be planning what post-pandemic life is going to be in the United States of America and around the world. We can do this. It won't be easy. But I think even some people in power have gotten the, gotten the message that their way really hasn't been the right way. And I think as long as they can guarantee that their money will be protected after this pandemic, they may not be willing to die for an old, sick system that has kept so many people down, down. Down. I don't want to go back to that. I know you don't want to go back to that. And who says we have to? <laughs> the sirens continue crisscrossing the streets of New York day and night. Another soul is in that vehicle. Another one of us, a sister, a brother, it paused for a moment for them, for that, that individual in that ambulance right now. <clears throat> it's going to be okay. Sometimes in our darkest moments, it's easiest to see the light because it is so damn dark. You know, in your bedroom there and you're trying to fall asleep and the, you've got some electronic device somewhere in your room, little tiny red light, little tiny light that's it's the on light and it's so bright. It's so bright, right? I'm constantly trying to put some papers or a pillow or something over it so I could just have it dark and fall asleep. You see the light. You see the light so, it's so bright and yet it really isn't, but it is because it's so dark. That's why it's so bright. I really appreciate all these ideas you've sent me. Keep sending them. They inspire me. They get me to think. I've... I've made my own list. I've got some ideas I'm working on. I'm going to propose some some plans for us on how what we're all going to do post-Bernie. We're not really in post-Bernie, but you know what I mean. Post-pandemic, the movement continues. The movement grows. 
the people have had enough. So we'll keep this discussion going. And and leave me those voicemails too. Um, they're on the they're on the anchor platform anchor anchor.fm um they're you know one of the underwriters of this endeavor here and so um leave me a voicemail and um um i appreciate it especially uh because i am living here by myself uh nobody in here but me and um so i like <laughs> i like I should take some video of me listening to your voicemails. Beep. I listen. And then I hit the the rewind the button there, the beep. I listen to it again, you know, and just doing that for hours after hours after hours. Don't worry. I'm okay. I'm okay. Um, thank you for listening to Rubble Now. Stick around because I'm going to just play for you a little, a little clip here. Uh, for a couple minutes or so uh, from my appearance on this week's episode of Amy Schumer's podcast. Her podcast is called uh, Three Girls, One Keith, and I'm her guest this week, and it was uh, a lot of fun to do it. And um, Like I said, she'll be, she'll be on this podcast here sometime in the, in the near future. So um, enjoy. <clears throat> enjoy Amy and Mike here. And um, take care of yourself, get some sleep, uh, move around, wash your hands, keep to yourself as much as possible. I know it's awful, but you're saving lives the more you do that. So uh, keep that up and think of the next great idea. It's in your head right now. You know it is. I know it is. <laughs> it is going to be better. They're going to rue the day that we all had a month or two to sit at home thinking up shit. Historians will write about how much better things got after people just had a two-month pause. The marvelous human brain and what it can come up with. All right, enough of this. Uh, listen to Amy uh, here, and uh, I'll see you when I see you. This is... um. um the weekend coming up, so I don't know if we'll um, publish on the weekend here, but uh, but we'll be back. We'll be back on Monday. And um, thank you uh, for what you do. It means a lot. Take care. Amy, take it away. You know, I've always been in a male minority household. In other words, like I only have sisters. Okay. Only have daughters. Mm -hmm. The women always... <laughs> Right, are running the show. We're running the show. People on are some better level. if they have sisters. I, yeah. I find Keith. Do you have a sister? Not at all. Oh well, yeah. what a what a huge shock! What a huge shock! Um, and, I only, and I only have nieces. Yeah. Oh, I have no really? Nephews. My, and my, a daughter, right? A daughter. Yeah. So yeah, it's just an estrogen party. It. <laughs> and I'm an extra woman right now because I'm going through IVF to give you estrogen because I'm getting my eggs drawn. They're pulling eggs out. They're pulling eggs out. In yeah. case uh, you want to have future More, yeah. children. Yeah. I see. Yeah. And I guess I needed you to come here today so I could ask if I could have some of your sperm. Yeah. <laughs> I, actually, I, I, when you just showed me that, I was going to ask you if I could have some of your estrogen. Yeah. Because I think all of us guys... Could use just a little. Just a little. Keith, some of us could use more than others. I'm Keith not needs taking a, no estrogen. You need a lot. You need a <laughs> ton of estrogen. Keith, Keith, We're gonna do, you, do, double you ever, dose. do you ever tear up? I mean, do you ever? No. You don't, do you? Just a touch of estrogen. It, 
it'll yeah. feel just like such a release just it'll to be like tear a being up. In a, getting in a warm bath. The only time he weeps is when he loses it off track betting. Other than that, That's he true. doesn't shed a tear. Or during the credits of a Marvel movie because it's <laughs> over. Absolutely. <laughs> Before the debates and during the 16 election, I kept thinking, you know, Trump has such thin skin. Right. If Hillary just had like a comedy shiv in her hand, just yeah. to slip it under that thin skin, he will implode. Right. He will just lose it. Yeah. So I texted you. Yeah. Remember this? And Chris Rock, right? And Chris yeah. Rock and Bill Maher. Didn't we say let's do it? I asked all of you guys to form yeah. a Justice League of Comedy. We would write jokes. I we'd remember, write things yeah. for her to say during the debate that would just make him melt. And I was like, let's go. So I then took this idea to someone in the campaign. Yeah, and it was not. This person went down the list of the four of us. Yeah. Chris Rock, Amy Schumer. Yeah. There was somebody in the room actually said, she's dirty. (laughs) (laughs) They're they're not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) These consultants Mm -hmm. get in there and say, oh, oh, Bill Maher, oh, Michael Moore, oh, oh, mm." we were offering this for free, no credit. Yeah. We're going to do this confidentially, quietly. Yeah, like, we won't ever tell anyone. We'll never tell anyone. So smart. Our only joy will be that that line she used that brought Trump down was Amy's. We'll silently (laughs) just celebrate. (laughs) Amy Schumer's podcast, Uh, Three Girls, One Keith. 